Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here, and welcome to New Jersey is the World. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, out of every episode we've taped, I've, I've rarely been this excited and even a little bit nervous. Mike D, you're here with me today as, as my co-host. I wonder if you're feeling the same way. I'm also definitely nervous, and just for context for people, I mean, we have we have had the governor of New Jersey on as a guest before, and I am much more nervous to speak to our guest today as a childhood hero of mine, with no question. One thing you know about us, if you listen to the show, is we are Essex County guys. I grew up in West Orange. Mike, you grew up, I mean, you bounced around Newark, Belleville, West Orange. And if there's one person who qualifies as an Essex County legend, it is our guest today. He's been brought up on the show before, and we're going to get to, to why. But first things first, I need to know how you feel about being an Essex County legend. And if you're aware that you are one, <laughs> baseball legend as well, me, uh, Rick Cerrone. How are you, sir? I'm doing, I'm doing good uh, down here in Florida. It's sunny. It's 83 degrees. Uh, as uh, a legend of Essex County. Well, you know what? I, I've been called a lot of things. That's pretty good, though. I like that. Um, I, I, I've spent a lot of time there. I loved growing up in Newark. Uh, I would never change anything. I tell my kids, uh, who all all three of them grew up in uh, Creskill, New Jersey, a beautiful Bergen County, nice nice place up there. I But I would never, never give up Newark and uh, the experiences that I had. I loved it there, and uh, everybody always used to ask me what was the best team I ever played on. I, you know, I played almost eighteen years in the big leagues, and I said, "What was my Pop Warner Newark Bears uh, football team in Newark?" Because all the black kids, all the white kids, all the Irish, everybody played together, and we had a a dominating football team. I, I used to love it, and uh, a lot of a lot of great memories. You don't have to pay for drinks in Essex County, right? <laughs> no way. And and if any restaurant ever tries to charge you, shame oh, on you. Oh no, shame you know, on now no more mustache, it's all gone. Uh the hair's gray. I'm I'm chubbier. Uh, uh but you know what? I've had a great life. I I've, uh, I I do pay. I do pay. I I'm I'm I still stop in the Belmont Tavern on on uh, oh. Bloomfield Avenue and uh, Lunello's up in Cedar Grove. Uh, there's so many great restaurants in Essex County. And, you know, it, well, what's the great thing about Essex County, too, is my buddy's the county executive, uh, Joe DiVincenzo. He's been there a long time. His name comes I, up on the show all the time. We're, we're, I, we're, I give I him a lot of credit. We're obsessed with Joe D. We're weird you know, weird I, I give Joe a lot of credit for, you know, uh, what he's done in the county. I mean, I don't like to get into politics and stuff like that because there's always two sides. But Joe's realized that if you fix up the parks, if you give kids opportunities to have nice places to play and fix up the schools, uh, that, you know what, that's what, what it's all about. And he's done a great job there. And we, we have a bunch of guys. I got to be honest, guys. We have a bunch of guys. We call ourselves the jabronis. And uh, we get together two, three, four, five times a year, uh, whether at Nanine's in the park in Belleville or the Park Savoy in Florham Park. Uh, my buddies, uh, Barry and Joe, own them, and uh, even the Park Chateau. But we have a group of guys. It started at five guys at Dickie D's in Newark, and it's grown to, uh, you mentioned the governor. Well, we've had times when the governor's been at the, the jabroni uh, luncheons, and uh, we have a crew of almost 100 people now, from the sheriff, Armando Fontoro, to Joe DiVincenzo, to Ralph, to everybody that I grew up with. And um, I'm very proud of my heritage. I'm very proud of being Italian growing up in Newark, believe me. I got to tell you, and I think I speak for Mike D on this, when you agreed to be interviewed on this show, we were very excited got a number of things I want to ask you about. I never dreamed you would tell us that you and Sheriff Armando Fontora, Joe D, and the governor are part of a roving band known as the Jabronis. This is already the greatest episode we've ever done. It's <laughs> the most amazing, mind-blowing news that you guys all roam around as the Jabronis of North Jersey. This is incredible. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up Dickie D's because when, when I grew up in the North Ward, I played little 
Little League Baseball for Dickie D's. They were our team sponsor. So Dickie D's was and still is one of my favorite, favorite restaurants. Uh, I'm telling you guys, I've got so many great uh, memories about growing up in Newark. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, and I really say unfortunately, my grammar school doesn't exist anymore. I went to Sacred Heart Cathedral. The, the cathedral's still there, of course. It's a basilica now. It's gorgeous. My high school doesn't exist anymore. Essex Catholic High School. Um, I, <laughs> but at least Seton Hall University's still around, and, and I have so many great memories there. Uh, it was so much fun growing up in Newark. And, you know, you, you guys know that I did the Newark Bears and built that stadium and and that was really a lot of, uh, I put my heart and soul into that stadium. I, and a lot of people enjoyed it. Uh, people came. I, I wound up selling it after. Oops, sorry. No, please. please. Sorry. You don't have uh, to apologize to us for anything ever. You're dropping, <laughs> you're dropping bombs on this episode. If a phone rings, a phone rings. These people. The can phone rings. I just put it on mute. I'm sorry about that. Oh, oh I don't know if you can see this. But those are my two grandkids. In the, that's Beautiful. the most important thing in my life right now. My daughter Jessica, my oldest one, gave me two great grandkids, a boy and a girl, and uh, two and a half years old and seven months. And they live in uh, Fairhaven, Rumson area down the shore. Beautiful. Um, I really, uh, that's, that's what it's all about. I'm 68 years old now, and I've had a really, really fun time uh, in, in living. I mean, I, I was had an opportunity to do so many great things, and I tell my kids every day, you know, kids, my my three daughters, they're 35, 30, and 28, and just got to enjoy life. You have to enjoy life. You have to live it to the fullest, travel, don't worry about some things you can't control. I, I, I always... Uh, I guess I'm always preaching, but I, I've had a lot of fun. And my, my everybody's jealous of my lifestyle. I have a lot of fun. I enjoy what I do. And you know what? To spend a little time with you guys is nice. We're so lucky to have you. And uh, I tell you, <laughs> you brought up your schools. I, I wanted to bring that up because growing up where you did and when you did, it makes sense to me that you do. Because I will say, it's not a joke. And Mike and I have discussed this before. When we were kids, you were a really big deal. You were talked about a lot in Jersey. Everybody in North Jersey is a Yankees fan. Um, you had, you know, the daunting, I would imagine, task of you were the guy who came in after Thurman Munson passed, which is there. But you think about it. You grew up in Newark. You went to Essex Catholic, played for Seton Hall. Then you wind up starting for the Yankees. For a generation of, you know, from your generation and your parents' generation, watching DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, and everybody in North Jersey's Yankee fan, from Essex Catholic to Seton Hall to the Yankees, you kind of lived the dream of what every Catholic kid in North Jersey, that that was the dream. Like a lot of us grew up and you wanted to play for the Yankees, and then you actually went and did it, and you went through all the Catholic schools along the way. I mean, in an area that was defined by all those Catholic yeah. schools back then. You you were the shining star. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I got to be honest with you. It, um, it, you know, it's a dream. I mean, every kid has a dream of playing professional baseball. Uh, it, it's, I never really look back on it. Now I have time to look back and reflect. And I look at, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I had such a great experience. I remember driving over. I had already played about three and a half years in the big leagues when I got traded to the Yankees. But opening day of 1980, driving across, I lived in Fort Lee, New Jersey at the time, um, driving across the bridge, I actually said to myself, I said, I'm going across to the Yankee Stadium, and I'm going to be the starting catcher for the New York Yankees. And, I, I mean, I wasn't a rookie but it was completely different than anything else you can ever experience because it's the Yankees and the same dugout where Joe D and Mickey Mantle. And I grew up, uh, my two guys I respected uh, a lot was Mickey Mantle and Joe, Dima uh, Joe Pepitone. Joe DiMaggio was a little bit older. Yeah. That was my father's idol. And I, but, and, and it turned out that Joe D's locker was my locker with the Yankees. So every old timers day, 
you know, Joe D and I are in the same locker. And uh, you, Joe, uh, can, Mr. DiMaggio, can I get you anything? Do you need anything? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, back then, people don't realize we looked forward to Old Timers Day more than anything because everybody was there. Mickey was dressing over there, Whitey Ford, Rizzuto. You know, I mean, everybody came back back then. And unfortunately, and I, I just don't think the Steinbrenners, the younger Steinbrenners understand how important that was. Now, in the Old Timers Day, you don't get to dress in the locker room. We have an auxiliary locker room. Um, you know, you it's, you don't mingle with the current players. So I think they're missing the boat there. I think it was one of the highlights of our season every year, and they're just missing the boat a little bit. Um, I know about COVID and stuff like that. Last year we actually came in through center field to be introduced, and it was 100 degrees. I felt bad for Billy Martin's wife and, and uh, Thurman Munson's wife. But, you know, you mentioned uh, I replaced Thurman Munson. I, I didn't look at it that way, when, and and I still don't look at it that way. Thurman died August of 78, of 79, and they had other players there, other catchers that played the last two months of that season. And I always looked at it, well, if they were good and they did their job and they excelled, they wouldn't have needed to trade for me. So I, nobody can replace Thurman. He was a captain. He was, a, you know, the heart and soul of that team. Um, and I just looked at it, well, you know, they're trading for me because they didn't like the two catchers they had after Thurman died. So, you know, and I, I got to be honest, Dick Hauser was the coach. I had a lot of veteran players. Uh, I got close with, you know, Bobby Mercer and Lou Pinella and Bucky Dent and Kidry and Nettles. I mean, you had a veteran team that accepted me right away, but more so Hauser. Hauser said, kid, you're playing. You're everything we have. We believe in you. And people don't realize that year on my birthday, which was May 19th, I was hitting 198. But we were winning. We were in first place. I was catching real well. I was driving in big runs. And we were winning. We were in first place. And, and back then, you know, I was catching and throwing. I mean, I threw out over 53% day, 54% of the base runners. And that's, I took pride in that. Now, if you throw out 20%, you're like an all-star. It's, it's a different game. But the, Dick Hauser said, don't worry about your hitting. It's going to come along. We know you're going to hit. And from my birthday on, I wound up hitting like 320 the rest of the year. Caught about 150 games, and and it was a, a really great year. Finished seventh in the MVP voting, and you know what? I was on my way, and just unfortunately, when I look back on my career, I wish I didn't get hurt or we, wish we didn't have a strike in 81. I wish I didn't break my thumb in 81 and 82. You know, you wish different things, but again, I wouldn't change anything. You know, we are a Jersey-themed podcast. I think we'll probably ask you some questions you haven't heard in any interview in your entire career. <laughs> that would be hard, but uh, I know you guys dug up one of my past. Uh, uh, the, we, the oh, we all get to that. We we get, we're saving record. the best for last, believe you'll, me. You'll love the record. I, oh. I, tell, I tell my kids, I tell everybody, you know, I'm, I'm on vinyl. I'm, I've been pressed. Believe me, Mike D and I are both proud owners of the yeah, that we both have both. copies on vinyl. I know. I know. Before we get to the the I need to know every story about that that record and how it came to be. But before we get to that, my father is a graduate of Essex Catholic. Okay. And uh he I think was a senior when you were a freshman, was his memory. Okay. And I texted he, him today. He graduated maybe in sixty-nine. Uh he was born 53. I know that. Much. I've been born. I was born in 54. So, oh, so yeah. Probably so there at the same time as me. You know? I said, do you have any, uh, you got anything you want me to ask Rick Cerrone about? He said, first of all, he goes, I don't, I didn't, he goes, you got to remember Essex Catholic had over 600 kids in each grade. So we didn't know each other. Um, he goes, first, he made me laugh. He goes, please ask him if he remembers Dickie D's and Tingling. Love and both of them. Oh my God. Yes. There you go. And now here's the – he had two questions for you. One's a Yankees question. We'll get that out of the way. He said, can you ask him if Willie Randolph was as great as he seemed because he struck me as one of the classiest Yankees of all time, and I always loved Willie Randolph. Can you check with him if Willie Randolph was a good guy? Yeah, Willie was Willie was a gamer. Willie played hard every day. 
uh, will he uh, deserve? I think he deserves a little better uh, uh, than he's really got. And what I mean by that, he was a pretty darn good manager too. And, and unfortunately, Willie has not been back managing since the Mets let him go. And it, it really doesn't make much sense, especially when you see some of the older guys having the success that they're having, a, a La Russa and a, you know, Dusty Baker. You know, why didn't Willie, why didn't Willie get some more ch- chances? And I think that's really bothered him. But Willie was, I mean, a good teammate. And, and you never really heard a lot about him. Because Reggie was fighting with Nettles, or you know, yeah. Willie kind of kept in the background. Yeah, I really think him and, and Bucky Dent were really like the glue and, of that team. And when when they traded Bucky away, really hurt us a lot. And I don't think the Yankees have really recovered from that for a long time. And it, it proved that way because the next time they really won a World Series was in '96 with Jeter there. Here's a question I have to imagine no one's ever asked you in the history of you doing interviews. My father, who, again, also graduated from Essex Catholic, he said, ask Rick if he was taught by Brother Levy. In my opinion, that guy put the A in asshole. Now, I don't know if you share that opinion, but that was my father's opinion. Brother Levy was tough. Brother Levy was the narc. Him and Brother Conway, they used to, you know, we had the, the, the mixers. Back then at Essex Catholic and dances, that's when. Well, we went to an all boys school, and you're right. Uh, I graduated thirty uh, fourth out of four hundred and sixty seven students. That was my class ranking. I never forgot that. And you know, I was on probation my freshman year because I did not want to go to Essex Catholic. You know, I'm I'm young. I'm I'm feisty. I want to go to Barringer High School like my dad with all the girls. So I failed the entrance exam on purpose. <laughs> and my dad said, I know exactly what you did. I know what you did. And he was exactly right. I just went ABC, ABC, ABC for the, the entrance exams. And I failed all three. I got turned down from Seton Hall, from St. Benedict's, and from Essex. And I thought I, I had scored a, a home run. And my father says, I know exactly what you did. You're still going to Essex. So we had to go there, our tail between our legs, and we had to talk to the, the principal back in, back in the day because I, I was a good student at Sacred Heart. And they said, my, I know what my son did. They said, okay, we'll let him in. And I think, believe it or not, guys, I think it was like $100 to go to Essex Catholic back then, you know, where Del Bartons are now thirty five, forty thousand 40000 a year, Bergen Catholic and St. Joe's. Um, so yeah, brother Levy was tough, but brother Conway was even tougher. He was, we used to call him the narc guy. He kept looking cause we'd like to sneak in a little wine or something to the mixers. We had a East orange Catholic girls there and Mount St. Dominic's and, uh, but, but yeah, he kept an eye on us. And so did brother Levy. We've heard I've, Essex Catholics come up on the show a bunch because my dad went there, and I've mentioned and it. We've my heard uncle from, also. That's yeah, a, no, it was a great school, and we, and people really don't realize. You know, I played football, baseball, and fencing. Everybody laughed at me fencing, but fencing we were state we won seventeen straight state titles in fencing. Were you epi or foil? What are we talking here? I was I was both epi and foil, but I won wow. the state I won the state fencing title in nineteen seventy two. For, I was a state champion at Bay, and we won the state title. Uh, and people really don't realize that. And I never realized until we honored Dr. Dambola, who was our coach, who took a dollar salary. And he, and we, I never realized that everybody that was on the team had full scholarships if they wanted to Columbia, to NYU, to Notre Dame. So if I didn't want to play baseball or football in high school, in college, I could have had a, foot, a, a fencing scholarship, so I and I, I said, "Hey, Doc, I never we we honored him when he turned ninety at Rooney's in Long Branch, and a bunch of the guys flew in from all over the country saying, Doc, if I didn't get the scholarship from fencing, I wouldn't have turned out to be this dentist. I wouldn't have turned out to be this lawyer, this doctor, this architect." And I said, well, Doc, if I didn't uh, turn down the scholarship, I wouldn't have played for the Yankees. So everybody started <laughs> laughing. But uh, it was uh, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of good memories. And, uh, yeah, 
those we, those are good questions. Well, we've also heard from listeners who went to Essex Catholic or are aware of it that there were some legendary punishments there. Uh, my <laughs> father, we I asked my dad. I said, Dad, we just got somebody reached out to us about the pious. We were talking about Essex Catholic. He said there was a brother who used to box kids. He goes, Oh yeah, that was Brother Valdez. Oh, Valdez, he was the boxing yeah. coach, and that was maybe yeah. if you got a little out of line, you have to get in the ring with Valdez. That's <laughs> how my dad described. Yeah, but yeah, you know what? They're not the, the stories. I, I don't like to talk out of school, but yeah, there was uh, it was very tough. It was a disciplinary school. It was. A we've good heard school. legends of Jug. That's the other one we've heard. Jug. A lot about I've, jug. Uh, I hate to say it. I hope my kids aren't watching, but uh, right now uh, we're taping this, but. No, I, I was at Jug a bunch of times, and it was mostly because I got smart with the teachers. And uh, But you know what? I look back on it. It was a great education. It, it set me up for the rest of my life. Um, and you know what? I made a couple of late decisions that turned out very well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy to get the insider look at the Essex Catholic uh, Justice oh, yeah. Under God experience. You know, I mean, I I put once Don Mattingly. I was playing for, uh, well, Mattingly was still with the Yankees, and I was with the Red Sox. And Donnie came into the plate hard, tried to knock me over, but he was out. And after the game, I said, you know, I got hit harder by the nuns in Sacred Heart Cathedral. <laughs> oh, they didn't like that. They did not like that. I got letters. I got people calling me. But uh, you talk about tough. Sacred Heart Cathedral was tough. They took the paddle to you if you if you acted up. And I mean, nowadays they'd be locked up. You yeah. can't do that stuff. They they used to take the wooden paddle and beat you. My knuckles would be I mean, if you think about it, I guess that's that you know, that was the way it was growing up in the the 60s. But uh, my kids would like I mean, can you imagine today if they did oh. stuff like that? scandalous i mean my my parents both went to our lady of lords in west orange and there was similar stuff there out in very, the very very good very good school yes yeah not also not around anymore also not around. i know i know that unfortunately the catholic schools do not have the support and the money they need to keep open it's sad it's a little bit sad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's probably time for us to discuss the reason that led to us reaching out to you today <laughs> and you are a hell of a conversationalist and a real personable guy. And I'm gl so glad that you see the joy and humor. We need to know about your, I mean, rocking singer. <laughs> this song rocks. The, the, a Long Run rocks. Home. It a was a seven inch home. you released in 1981. A Long Run Home. Mike and I are both owners. I mean, Mike, we both <laughs> listened to this song many times. I'm surprised you guys were able to find it. Oh, yeah, we tracked it down. You know, I'll tell you the story behind it, and it's very simple. In 1981, you know, I was, I was, I always tell my kids, I was like Jeter, you know, in 80 and 81 and 82. I, I said, you know, Jeter's the big star. I said, I was single. I was, I was, uh, I got chased off the Matisquan Beach when we had the strike in 81. I touched the kid's head and think he made believe he fainted. I said, but I was Jeter before it was Jeter. I said, and, and you know what? We had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, I got chased in a surf club. We had to have a private party at a friend's house down the shore. It was the only time I went to the Jersey Shore during one of my time with the Yankees because I was always playing. And uh, always had the connection with Long Branch. We had a house down in Long Branch. The, the story behind the record. In 1981, there was a terrible earthquake in Italy. And back in the day, the lady that was on the news was Roseanne Scamardilla. Roseanne and my family, the Cerrones and the Gerard, more the Gerards. It's a crazy life I've led, right? Both my grandmothers are Mary Gerard. So when you put the family tree together, <laughs> it gets a little interesting. Okay. It's not the same person. Don't go don't get that crazy. <laughs> but both my grandmothers were Mary Gerard. So the Gerards were from the town that the earthquake hit. And for Roseanne Scamardella, it was the exact same thing. Her family was from the same town, Castel Grande, in Italy, uh, upside, uh, outside of Naples, uh, Italy. Not Florida, Naples, Italy. So we, we raised a lot of money 
back then through different telethons, through fundraisers for the earthquake victims. So the, uh, some guys from Connecticut approached me and, you know, they said, would you like to create a song and all the money will be donated to charity, you know, as part of the benefit. So I said, sure, but I, I mean, I'm not that much of a singer. I said, my buddies all sang on the corners in Newark, but they became sidewalk symphony. They were, you know, a bunch of my buddies. That's what they did. And they, they still are around singing at weddings and different things. I was always playing sports. So either you sung or played sports to stay out of trouble. I took sports. But then I went up to Connecticut, Fairfield, Connecticut. We made the, and it's funny how you make an, uh, the record. It goes like one or two lines of each verse. And then they stop and you're in a studio, you got a headset on. And so we got through it. I listened to it. But it took us, you know, pretty much the whole day to make the song. And I always say we became number one in Syracuse back in 1981. <laughs> People in Syracuse loved the record. And, uh, but that's the story behind um, I, I'm, I'm glad I did it. It's funny. It's a funny thing now. People tell me when they hear it, they said, it sounds like John Fogel, Fogley, Fogarty. Yeah. A little bit. I don't know what your take is on it. It's, it's, uh, they brought everything in there about the Blue Jays, Yankee Stadium, growing up in Newark. And I, I tell you, it was fun doing. Did you write the song? No, no, I did not write it. No, I, I can't take any credit. The guys in Connecticut, I mean, you're talking, I mean, my memory is good. But we're talking about 1981. That's a long time ago. Uh, but they wrote it. They included a lot of my lifestyle in there. Uh, I was looking for the girl in the stands and, you know, at the Blue Jays game. And, uh, you know, it was snow leaving Newark. I mean, there was a lot of things that tied me together to the song. And it, we had a lot of fun doing it. But I don't take it serious. Uh, <laughs> but I am on vinyl. I'm pressed. How do you feel about the cover of the record? Because it's a really, it's an amazing pencil drawing that captures you in 1981. And you had, you had style then, but it was a very 1981 style looking back. It, it was, we all thought we were porn stars back in 1980 and 81. I had the big mustache, the big curly afro. Now, as you can see, I got a lot of gray hair. I still got the hair. It's still pretty nice. Up I even had mine. the mustache. I had the mustache for the Christmas holidays. I'm dating a young girl. Her name is uh, uh, Tracy. I don't, I don't want to say her last name, but uh, I've got a nice little 47-year-old girl I'm seeing. She's a doll. My kids love her. Uh, and you know what? We're having a good time. And she works too much, though, I told her. You're working too much up in Bergen County. But I, I grew the mustache back. And I found out you can't turn the clock back. You just got to keep going forward, keep having fun. But the story behind the record, uh, you guys are good. I like it. You did your homework. Were th was there any, like, did any of the other um, people that you were playing with on the team, did they find out about the record? Did they have any reaction or did you keep it kind of separate from, from ball playing? Well, they know everything back then. But see, we didn't have podcasts and we didn't have WFAN and we didn't have ESPN. So a lot of things went under, under the radar. Uh, we did have a lot of, we had fun. We had a lot of fun as teammates. We did a lot of crazy stuff. We enjoyed ourselves. We played the game hard, and then we had fun afterwards. Um, yeah, they knew about the song. Uh, they knew about the song. <laughs> I think I bought a bunch of them and handed them out to my teammates. And, uh, you know, and, and believe it or not, my 50th birthday party in Newark, New Jersey, we gave that out as like the parting gift on the way home. So everybody got everybody got one. All the jabronis? All the jabronis got them. And Yogi, Yogi, the funny thing. You know, I got some tremendous stories. Yogi was my dear friend and he came to my wedding. He came to I mean, he came to my 50th birthday. We were we were members together at Montclair Golf Club. And uh, Yogi, they they did a um, they created a, a, a video of me for the my 50th birthday and they ran like a loop it was a loop of me and highlights and baseball and this and that so yogi said geez i didn't know we were gonna get to see every hit rick ever had <laughs> <laughs> and you know i my favorite story i tell about yogi is yogi didn't know how popular he was 
he he you know he didn't realize he was Yogi Berra. And that's that's the best way to describe him because he was the nicest person you can ever meet. You uh, treated everybody the same. You know, Yogi was my coach, my manager, my friend. And and you remember the Affleck commercial that he made, right? You think about the Affleck. Remember, he's sitting in the barber's chair. They cut his hair, and the little duck is outside. Yeah, you guys must yeah, remember. It, yeah. it was tremendous commercial, <laughs> funnier than anything. And we get back to Montclair. He comes back to Montclair, and, and we finally see the commercial. And and everybody says, "Oh, Yogi, that's the funniest damn commercial! Oh my God, it's unbelievable!" He says, "You know those ducks really don't talk. They <laughs> dubbed them in afterwards." <laughs> So whatever you hear about Yogi is true. Uh, one of my favorite people of all time and taught me an awful lot from the baseball field, but, but taught me more about life, how to live life, how to respect people, treat people the way you want to be treated. And you know what? Just a great guy. I miss him every day. When we were growing up in my pocket of West Orange, we used to ride our bikes over to Bloomfield Ave in Montclair to go shopping go to the comic book store, the record store and stuff. And you said there was a house you used to cut, you cut through that real crazy, nice area, Montclair. And everybody would always say, nobody ever saw him, but we all somehow knew that's Yogi Berra's house. And yeah, he, I don't know he, how we were all aware as kids of where his house was, but. And the funny thing is that you always used to, his famous line is when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Yeah. Well, people don't realize the road he lived on the on the back end of a basically a, a roundabout. So if you went to the right, you wound up to Yogi's house. If you went to the left, you wound up to Yogi's house. <laughs> so I mean, he, it wasn't lying. He was telling the truth. Yeah, and, it, and some of the things he said make a lot of sense. A lot of people don't go there anymore. It's too crowded. Right. <laughs> and you know what? You don't want to go to a place that you can't move. I mean, but he, I, I just love him. I, I could talk to him. So I, you know. I think about him every day. It's just the stories, the life. You talk about a life. I mean, the guy the guy had bullets flying over his head at D-Day in yeah. Normandy. I mean, we yeah. don't realize that. This, He says, yeah, the bullets were flying right over the top of my head. I said, can you imagine how history would have been different if he was shot and killed there? Yeah. I mean, so many people wouldn't have been able to get to know Yogi Berra. Yeah. Uh, he's, the, he's the best. When we... Uh... When we think about a long run home, big question in my mind. Have you ever performed the song live? Was there ever a band playing on TV or, or no. for a live? No, that what was part I, what of can, the, that What was do I have to do deal. to make this happen in 2023? I can get musicians to start learning that no, song tomorrow. No, 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 no. You Put know you what? up at Asbury Park. We'll rent the Stone Pony. We'll go big. Uh, we'll go big. I'll get Bruce and Bon Jovi, a couple of friends of mine, to come and, and be backup band to me. You know, you know all the, uh, we'd sell at least 200 tickets to the jabronis. You know this. Um, jabronis are very loyal. My my buddies are very loyal. Um they're they're great people. They've done a lot for community, believe me. And I, I'm I'm a big guy like that. I I believe you have to give back, you have yeah. to donate your time. Um I had a foundation called Teach Our Children. Uh I think one of the years we, we put the record in the uh, goodie bag. So, the, so a bunch of the people that supported, but we had American Express, we had Continental, we had, I mean, we, Prudential, we had everybody, big company that we know of in New Jersey support the foundation. And my partner in it was Bart Oates, the football player. Oh, cool. And um, for 15 years we did, it was called Teach Our Children. And of course, all the jabronis were there and they've all become pretty successful. Joe D leading the way. Uh Armando Fontura, the sheriff's a great friend. I, I keep telling him, it's time to retire, though. Come on. And just smell the roses. You got to get out. He's still doing it. He's still grinding. He's another guy. Uh, we used to go, when I played high school football at Essex, every Friday night, Bob Taglier, my football coach, would take us to Tony D. Canicas in the Ironbound. It was a Portuguese restaurant. And I never knew, but it was Armando Fontoro's family that owned it. So that's how long we've known each other. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I bring up names of people, and Bob Taglieri, he's 82 years old, lives in, in um, Bergen County. We're still very good friends. 
Uh, I've had, you know, relationships for a long time that I keep. It seems like I'm closer to my college buddies, my baseball buddies, than I was with the high school. For some reason, I did have my, was it the 40th or 50th? It was our 50th anniversary at Essex Catholic. We had it this year in September at the Meadowlands Hilton. About 100 people came back, and that's pretty big, you know, numbers. That was a good, good turnout. Uh, I brought Tagliere with me the first night, which was Friday night. He, he said it was the best therapy he ever had to see somebody like Al Wojak was there who became captain of Notre Dame's football, and there was other football players there. And, I mean, 50 years ago, it's a long time. But we all have good memories about it, at least most of us do. It's no joke. Do you? Uh, how often do you make it back to the old neighborhoods in Newark? Well, like I said, I, I come home for five months. I live down Long Branch. Uh, you know, I take my kids around my little league field that they named after me in, in Branchbrook Park. And, you know, we go to, you know, Belmont Tavern. I still go. I go to Tony, I mean, uh, uh, to uh, Dickie D's. My buddy still owns it and runs it. Uh, not as much as I should. But again, I live in Long Branch. To me, that was my second home. Yeah. And I'm right on the ocean in, in Long Branch. I love it. I've got the best of both worlds. I see the ocean every morning in Long Branch, and I look out to my golf course here in Florida. So it's been a nice life, and, and I've made a lot of nice friends along the way. I feel so lucky to talk to you. Your name is really one of these ones that always loomed large Gro growing up uh... – for me, Irish Catholic, Mike's Irish and Italian Catholic, but I think for all of us Catholic kids growing up in Essex County, your name really did loom large. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's very surreal. I appreciate it. I appreciate it that I had the impact on, on people. Now, um, you know who one of the biggest jabronis is, is Steve Adubato Jr. Another I mean, Essex, probably he, the most. Yeah, he's, done, he's done very well. I can tell Essex you a funny Catholic story guy, about right? him. He got inducted, inducted to the Essex Catholic Hall of Fame Sports Hall of Fame. And I said, wait a second, wait a second. Can you, he wanted me to introduce him. I said, first of all, you have to play sports to get inducted <laughs> into the Sports Hall of Fame. He says, I was a kicker on the football team. I said, give me a break. I turned him down and he made the whole night about me turning him down. I, I, I said, I want to give back my Hall of Fame trophy. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> now you got to understand. Jabronis, to me, we abuse each other. We're good friends, all of us. We we die for each other. But, I mean, Steve Jr., really? Essex Catholic Hall of Fame? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> but, yeah, he's the ringleader. And usually it's me and him that MC the event. And there's a lot of ball busting that goes on. But it's a lot of – and it's 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 a lot of fun. We we do have a lot a good bunch of guys there, and that's a guy you talk you talk about a guy whose name looms large in New Jersey. Every kid grew up. Steve Adubato Jr. was giving us all the all the news, and uh, separate from the New York stations, and that is talk about New Jersey street cred. You can't do much better than Adubato Jr. Well, his father was a big legend in, in yeah, town too, political figure, and and uh, what they did for the North Ward Center. I grew up on Clifton Avenue, between uh, second. Avenue and Bloomfield Avenue. So I was right by the Northward Center. I got to see all the great work that uh, Steve Sr. did. And, uh, you know, it, it was, they, they made it nice, the community. And I, I never forgot. I got my mother and father out of there in 1979. I was playing for the Blue Jays. I had just gotten traded. I bought them a beautiful place right on the ocean in Seabright. And you know what? I didn't, wasn't making a lot of money. But back then, you could buy a house for $40,000. I bought a beautiful townhouse. I think it cost me $50,000 on, on the ocean in Seabright. And my father, just to tell you the type of person my dad was, I bought it for him, moved him out of Newark because it was getting a little rough. And when, he, when I sold it in 88, 1988, he gives me a, the old-fashioned savings book. I said, Dad, what is that? He says, what do you mean? It's it's uh, every month I've been putting $250. I didn't want anything for nothing. 
That's I, old school. I looked, I looked at him and I said, Dad, I don't, I mean, that's crazy. Why? He says, No, no, I never wanted anything from you. You know, the, and you know what? After t- 10 years of living there, I think it was something like $50,000, $60,000 in the little book. I said, You're unbelievable. So you got to understand where you come from. And I always yeah. make sure I tell kids that that was something special that my dad did for me. And, and it was just, I think we can learn a lot from that. The most he ever made, he went, he worked for the post office for 40 years and he made the most he ever made was $16,000 a year. It was the highest. He ran the Roseville station in Newark and you know what? Never complained about anything. And they traveled a lot. They went to Italy five, six, seven times all over the world. I don't know how they did it, but uh, you know what? Those people were pretty special. I was very lucky. Great parents. I definitely think a lot about, you know, my, uh, Mike grew up in Newark, a lot of family in Newark. Three of my four grandparents were from Newark. And I do think, you know, I really do thank God I grew up in Essex County because it is just a lot of people who put their head down and find ways to get things done. And I'm really glad that's the culture I grew up in. It's, it's served me well in my own travels. And I'm glad to hear that, uh, you felt part of that tradition as well. Uh Definitely. And I always talk about Essex Catholic. That's when I, when I played in the big leagues, if somebody used to say, oh, Newark, New Jersey, or, or Dickie D's, I would turn around and I'd say, oh, they got to be somebody local. And I always make time to go stop by and say hi. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. And that's, I'm still young. I still have a lot to do. Um, I kind of enjoy life. I, I'm, I have a lot of different investments I'm involved in and, I own a sports gambling network that is on TV uh, 24 hours a day. It's called sportsgrid.com. Uh, it's on every kind of streaming device you could think of. It's on Sirius Radio. When I say I own it, I own a, I'm, I'm, I'm an investor in it. And, um, uh, I've invested in a lot of things. Some things good, some things bad. <laughs> Not everything it could be a home run. And I wasn't a home run hitter, so I like singles. I like little checks coming in trying to just keep a lifestyle that I, I love and, and make sure my kids are taken care of. And now make sure my grandkids are taken care of. It never stops guys. It yeah. never stops. My little one, Nikki, uh, she's going to be getting married in May. So that'll be two out of the three. I'll be married. So looking forward to that day. And the, and the one great thing, uh, they're all coming down. Uh, the little one gets in tomorrow and my other two daughters come down on Friday and we'll spend some time together. That's, that's what it's all about. It's beautiful. I couldn't convince you to play the song live. If I can get another band to cover it and I can get them. It's not happening. Give it up. You don't even, you won't even give permission to get another band to cover it. You understand that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. Even my buddies used to have the bands. Like you think I was kidding. Sidewalk Symphony. They were, that was a bunch of my friends and, and, uh, the cameos and they're still singing all over the place. They would call me. They want me to go up on stage. No, sorry. No, I don't know. I don't do that. I'm saying if I can get some other band to play it and we can get them to play near Long Branch, maybe you just stand up, you give a little wave. Oh, at the pier that, you know, in Long Branch, every Thursday night, they have a big group comes in. You know, you must've heard of Brian Kirk and the jerks. They're there in like the Labor Day weekend. Every Thursday they have a, you know, and I'm there with my bike. I ride down the boardwalk, and we go right to the middle of Pier Village. And I listen. I love the oldies, and I live, listen to the music all the time. But I'm not singing. Sorry. Okay. okay. Give that I, one I, up. You must. <laughs> did you ever? I, I have to imagine like some of the old Newark personalities. Did you, I, did you ever know Joe Pesci when he was just a singer back? Joe's in my locker mate right now <laughs> in Eagle Oaks. I mean, <laughs> the only guy that I've really wanted to meet. From Newark, because Newark has a lot of, yeah. of, of very talented people. I did get to meet Marvin Hagler. He's a Newark guy. Oh, wow. But Shaquille O'Neal, to me, I, I don't know how we haven't crossed paths, but he seems like he'd be a fun guy to hang with. Uh, I mean, I would look like a little a little kid next to him, but uh, Shaquille's done a lot for Newark now. Um, if Pesci, Pesci's my buddy. We He hasn't come back since covid because he lives in California, yeah. uh, but he had a house down the Jersey Shore. Yeah, he's always under an alias. Like if he's doing a movie or something, I had, a, and, and and believe it or not, remember Easy Money? Yeah. The show Easy Money where it ended on the yacht. Well, that was filmed in Turnberry Isle, and I was on the boat. So he, <laughs> and he actually, 
And he he in the credits, and he he lied because it says he played Ricky Cerrone in the credits of Easy Money. So if you want to look it up after the show, in the credit, but it really wasn't. It was it was Nikki something else. But for some reason online it says Rick Rick Cerrone. But now Joe Pesci and Piscopo is a good buddy of mine. And back in the day I used to go to Saturday Night Live all the time. And yeah. Joe and I keep in touch. He's doing. He's he's had a hell of a career. He's another jabroni. I mean these are these are jabronis. So, but I got to find out Shaq somehow and get a hold of him. Oh, that would be. I mean, there'd be a lot of laughs at that meeting. But how did you guys, I got to ask, how did you guys wind up getting in touch with me? So we didn't, we do a series, you know, we do all kinds of shows. We do interviews with people. We do more comedy stuff. We do a lot of Jersey nostalgia, food reviews, things like this. But one thing that we do is we do a thing where we randomly pick a New Jersey town and we just talk about it. And Long Branch came up. Oh, and there you go. In okay. researching Long Branch, we fell into the rat. As soon as your name came up, we're all Essex, us and our other con, our other co-host Bonaduce, very Essex County nickname, right? Bonaduce. Yeah. We see your name on there. We're all going, oh my god. We always heard stories about him growing up. My dad went to the same high school as him. <laughs> Seton Hall, Essex Catholic, and then we f- stumble upon the record, and uh, we started talking about the record. We. Uh, it was just this thing where we all went, Rick Cerrone recorded a song. And then at that point, you couldn't find it on the Internet. So we tracked down copies. Since then, somebody, I think, has put it up on YouTube. I think it's the um, person who recorded it, put it on YouTube. And um, it seems like. Oh, OK. But um, and then well, somebody, Branch, we're like the welcoming committee. My, my buddies, I got a couple of couple of guys on the boardwalk at two o'clock to four o'clock. I usually ride my bike down. And we sit on the board. We we talk to people. I I've learned a lot that when you talk to people, the world is very small. It, I mean, you have a connection with people. It's amazing. The other day here in Palm Beach, I'm sitting next to a person. They heard my name. They said, "You're not Rick Cerrone, the, the Yankee player." I said, "Yeah, a long, long, long time ago." They said, "I I and he's with husband and wife." He said, I owned a small piece of the Yankees in 1999. I said, oh, were you part of the Yankee-Nets-Devils merger? He said, exactly. He said, and and the next, and you know, and then the person to the left of you, you say hi to, and all of a sudden they've got friends in Bergen County and people you grew up with. I Believe me, the world is very small. Yeah. Uh, we live in a crazy time, I tell everybody. You know, we're, we're in a crazy time right now. But you know what? Say hello to people. Talk to people. Be nice to people. Find out where they're from. See who they. Why did they come to Long Branch? We're like the welcoming committee, so everybody knows me. And I've been going to Long Branch since I was a little kid. Our house is still standing. At one time, we had, uh, I believe, fifteen or sixteen Cerones in one house with one bathroom. Oof. And we all we all got along, and, and all my cousins would tell you it was the most fun we ever had. All living under the same roof, a block from the ocean, and people just in, enjoying the, riding the bike, sneaking out to uh, Max's hot dogs. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, right across from the windmill, right? Yep, yeah. Well, that's now it's across yeah. from the windmill. Back in the day, it was built right on it was right on the boardwalk. Got it. But got yeah, it. Long Branch in Newark, it's kind of like synonymous together yeah. yeah it's funny so we 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 talked about the song on the podcast and we were all like what the heck is this had a lot of fun talking about it see what, then, my whole career comes down to the record to this moment you made that record <laughs> and then 40 years later a lot of different people 40 years <laughs> later a couple nerds want to talk to you on a podcast about this record and then yeah we got a voicemail we have a voicemail line set up for for listeners to call on I got a I got a text on it one day. It's this woman. She just said, "I'm at this event and I'm next to Rick Cerrone. You want me to ask him if we could talk?" And that was the woman who passed along oh, your email address. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. But I'm glad it worked out. I mean, Absolutely. I oh, right on time too. Did you notice I was right on time? You're punctual. I, I'm going to tell everybody when people ask me what's Rick Cerrone like. I'm going to say first and foremost, punctual. Secondly. A very personable and warm energy, and I feel so lucky we got to talk to you today. That's beautiful. I agree. And, and, and when can I watch this? I'll tell my kids to watch it. Where and how can they watch it? Well, it's it'll come out on audio. I okay. think 
probably on Monday. We'll put, okay. I think we'll fast track this one, right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just, so we'll we'll I'll send drop you an email, and then you can just listen to it right on your phone or yeah, any drop an email podcast. And, uh, and I enjoyed spending some time with you guys. Is there anything else that you have in mind? I only have one other question. Okay, I think I speak for Mike D on this too. Certainly, our friend Bonaduce. Are the jabronis taking applications for the next generation of members? Because I, I gotta, I would kill to be a fly on the wall. Very difficult. I mean, it's yeah. a very tight group, um, and and just don't think it's only Italians. We have blacks, we have Latinos, we have we're multicultural. We've really we're okay. bigger than U.S. Steel. Oh my god! Yeah, have you guys ever gone to the Park Chateau or Park Savoy? Yeah, or I've been to the Park, Park? Chateau. Okay, years they're, I mean, they're beautiful facilities. Yeah, they are. The Marulo brothers, they own it. And uh, also Vito Cucci, they're good friends. They're always sponsoring everything. They're putting the parties together. Uh, they just did a huge fundraiser at Nanines for the the umpire. Um, oh, I just, uh, uh, Cuzzy, Phil Cuzzy. He does a big event there every year. They're the most generous people. Uh, and you know what? Uh, on your pod, uh, promoting their three places, people will not be disappointed. Believe me, if they get their children married there, I can tell you that. Oh, I but they're good buddies. Nanina's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, they, they're just they know what they're doing. Believe me, and uh, they're the ones that really deserve the credit for the jabronis. But you know what? We always tape ab- ab- applications. OJ Anderson is a jabroni. Okay. Joe Biscopo is a jabroni. I, Stephen Touchdown Baker is a jabroni now, so we we're opening up. We're like I said, we're we're a bit, we're there. You get invited once, you got to be on your toes. And the first couple times you're there, you don't say anything. Just lay low. Yeah. Just stay out of stay out of the firing range of me and Steve Adubato, and you'll be okay. Someday I'm gonna keep playing my cards right. I'm gonna okay. keep trying to do right by Jersey. I'm gonna okay. put this out, email you. You're gonna realize these guys got a good sense of humor. I'll get you Steve Junior to do your podcast. Oh, How's that? That would be a coup. Be a, that would no, be. No, he's not as fun coup. as I am. Though. I gotta be honest. I can't he's wait a to tell. I can't he's wait to tell him that. I can't wait to tell him you said that. And then I feel like I'll just say that, and then he can rent for an hour, oh, yeah. and that'll be the whole episode. That sounds good, but I appreciate it, guys. I mean, I had a lot of fun. Um, Me too. And you know what? I'm going to be looking for it. I'll tell my daughters to watch it. We'll say and it. And I, 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 next time. And you know what? You're not alone. At my daughter's wedding, Jessica's wedding, I'm sitting there. The phone goes off right in the middle of when she's they're doing their vows. And you never saw a daughter look at you back like this. Dad, duh. And, I, I, and it was turned off. I don't know. It's... It's somebody up there that that's following us. It was Brother Levy trying to punish you one last time. Yeah, very good, very good. But listen, thank you guys. Thank you and so thank much, you. sir. Continued success. Make this thing grow and grow. Absolutely, we'll do thank our you, best. Mark. Thank you so much. All right, and make sure you send me an email. Let me know when it's uh, going to be on. Thank you, Absolutely. guys. Have Thanks, fun. James. It was great to meet you. All right, bye bye.